Welcome to Don't Box Me In, the show that features conversations with people from all walks of life, talking about their extraordinary experiences and inspirational messages. Now, here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Lana Reed, and welcome back to this week's edition of Don't Box Me In. You know, many times in life we find ourselves longing, longing for more, more money, more love, more success, more happiness. And my guest today is the lady that will help us uh, find a little bit more in our life. Hailing from a small town of Fort Atkinson, Iowa, Melissa Kravacek knows all about how to find more success, love, happiness in life. Melissa is the author of three books, Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness, uh, Be a Baller, The Blueprint to Have It All, and then Bold, Helping You Unleash the Hero Within. And she's here today with us to help us, as I like to say, live our best life. I'm happy to have her on the show today. Melissa, welcome to Don't Box Me In, and I thank you so much for making time for us. Lana, you got it. Thanks so much for having me. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. So we're going to have a good time today. Now, I want to start off because you're doing like some pretty amazing and awesome things in business these days. Uh, but I do want the audience to know four years ago, your life was really in a different place. Um, can you share with us what actually was going on in your world four years ago? I can. So just four years ago, uh, I started with Virtually nothing. Um, in 2004, I started with Walmart and grew very quickly with the company. At 19 years old, I found myself out of a job because I got fired for doing the right thing. In 2009, I worked a temp agency um, for minimum wage and in a factory printing millions of Hallmark cards, which I would definitely never do again. <laughs> <laughs> then in 2010, I got hired for family dollar and became a district manager, moved to Chicago. And that's sort of when life, you know, started completely falling apart. And I lost my house. My car got repossessed. I was $50,000 in debt. I did end up having a college degree, but I had five maxed out credit cards and Mm. creditors were calling me like all the time, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I end up at 22 years old, back at my parents' house with no job, no car, no passion, no desire, and then I spent six days in jail for speeding, Um, and that was, what? I said, wow. Yeah, so that was sort of like the head where I looked at myself in the mirror and was like, you can keep going down this path of destruction, or you can make a transformation, and that's exactly what I've done, so... You know, fast forward four years later, and I've been on the cover of Evolution Magazine as their top power player under 40. I've been awarded by the National Council of American Executives as the top 1% of executives in the U.S. in 2014. I've written three books. Two became international bestsellers, and I've been on ABC, NBC, Fox, CNN, you name it. Plus, I'm going on an international tour with the world's number one motivational speaker, Les Brown. So, Things were dramatically different just four years ago. Cool, cool, cool. And, you know, it seems, though, I mean, replaying the four years ago thing, you were really doing everything right. You know, the society tells us you go out, you know, you go to college, you get a job, you work for a company, and, and life is going to be this wonderful thing. Um, but here it is, you kind of live that it doesn't always go so smoothly like that. Um, you know, um, so while you're going through this, you know, and you said you you end up in jail for the the speeding ticket for six days. Um, it was that like the epiphany moment, like you're sitting there, like okay, Melissa, something really has to be different here, or did, was it another defining moment for you? No, that was definitely my defining moment um, because, <laughs> like you know, you had mentioned me growing up in a town of 300. Well, in this particular jail, there was no one but me. So just imagine yourself for a minute. Spending Mm. six days by yourself with no TV, no computer, no cell phone, nothing but your brain Mm -hmm. at your lowest point in life, Mm -hmm. you'll definitely come out a different person. I mean, you know, I mean, coming from big cities, you know, it just seems so extreme. Like, they really put you in jail for a speeding ticket? Yeah, well, it wasn't just one. It was (laughs) multiple speeding tickets. Okay, Okay. you're a little lead foot, a little happy on the gas there. I gotta get places, man. I gotta I get got places. places to go. I got places to go. 
<laughs> so you get out of jail and then so it's like immediately gung ho, let me make some changes or what what happens when they release you? Yeah, so I go to my parents' house and I obviously I turn on my cell phone and make sure my mom has this thing charged when she's picking me up. Mm-hmm. And gravitate towards social media, spend thousands of hours, and I'm not even joking because I still do this today. I spend thousands of hours watching YouTube videos of Les Brown, Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, Oprah Winfrey, Dr. Phil, whoever is under the category motivation, inspiration, help me get a better life, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> So then I start gravitating towards books, and I don't remember who quoted this, but the people you meet and the books you read will definitely change your life. But, of course, you have to go out and meet people and build relationships and read books in order for that to actually happen. True. You know, you mentioned a point that I I really try to stress to people when I'm talking to them is you really have to put – that energy into your mind, into your environment of where you're trying to go. A lot of times people will say, you know, I want to be successful. I want to do this, but they still surround themselves with the same type of friends and family that are really not um, trying to live the same path as, as they are. So, you know, I think it was very good that you you get out and say, okay, I need to try to kind of redirect my life. Let me consume myself with these motivational, inspirational uh, YouTube videos that kind of keeps your mind focused on a day to day basis because you have to keep on, you know, you have to keep your mind at that certain level. Um, I think there's a quote and I can't remember, but you know, um, why do you uh, why do you bathe every? You have to bathe every day to stay clean, but you also have to put the motivation in every day to keep yourself motivated. You know, so I kind of you know can understand what it was so important about you to, to do the motivational YouTube videos. Yep. That's a quote by Jim Rohn. Good. I, I know. I was like, okay, you know, when you're on point, I kind of forget it, but you know, like if we're off the air, I'd have had it like down. <laughs> Don't put me on the spot there. So you, um, so you, you start watching the videos, you start motivating. And then I'm assuming from hearing your conversation, you start networking. Um, who do you recall to be the first like inspirational person that you actually ran into? It could be at email or actually in person. Oh, um, so I didn't email these guys because I was too scared of them. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't go to their events because I simply couldn't afford to. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what I did instead was I built, uh, relationships with them through social media. So I'd, friend request them or send them a connection on LinkedIn. Okay. And then I'd engage on their wall by clicking like commenting or some, some fashion. Mm-hmm. And then um, that is how they began to pay attention to me. So I think too often we make these connections with the, the mindset that they're going to come after and offer us the most amazing opportunity ever. And the reality is we have to, provide them with an opportunity by giving them the value um, that we see ourselves as. And this is where I think a lot of people make the mistake because they don't have the self-confidence or the self-esteem to wait it out and build an incredible relationship. Instead, they want instant satisfaction and that's never going to get you anywhere in life. Awesome. Awesome point. Awesome point. You know, and I think we as humans, we're kind of vulnerable. It's kind of you don't want to put yourself out there for rejection. So I think that's a lot of times why people hold themselves back. Like you said, you were out there interacting via social media with people. But a lot of times some people will say, oh, I'm just a little peon. You know, why would Les Brown, you know, want to respond to one of my comments on, you know, his page or something like that. But until you put yourself out there in some sort of environment with the less Browns or whatever, they have no clue who you are, what you bring to the table, what, you know, how they may assist you to get you to the next level or whatever. So, you know, sometimes kind of sitting back in self-doubt is really the most debilitating thing that you can do for yourself. Yep. And the other thing is you have to really envision where you want to be and what you want your life to look like. Like I envisioned myself, even though, you know, I was sitting in the living room of my parents' house with my brother and sister and parents running in and out of the door all the time and, my brother having his girlfriend over and my sister, you know, bringing friends, whatever the case was, the environment was definitely not the environment I desired. But what kept me going was the reminder that I wanted more for my family and it was my responsibility to break the chains that have been holding my family um, under the average mediocre and content lifestyle for generation after generation. Because 
while many of my family members wanted to become entrepreneurs, they just simply didn't have the audacity or the uh, wherewithal to make it happen. And so I've come out of this on the other end and I was able to move into this amazing 4,000 square foot home after like immediately after I moved out of my parents' house, that's where I went. So I had like five bedrooms, four and a half bathrooms, two kitchens, two living rooms. Like it was like a really great home. Right. Mm -hmm. But the entire time I'm in my parents' house, I'm envisioning this. I'm envisioning going on the stage with amazing people. I'm envisioning having these amazing relationships and I'm doing every action that they're doing every single day because that's what's going to get me the result. It's not me uh, paying attention to what my family is doing because that's not the result that I'm aiming for. Got you. Got you. Awesome points. Awesome points. I mean, and that goes with anybody who envisions some sort of uh, career goal or, you know, any kind of goal for themselves. You know, you have to day to day picture that in your mind, regardless of your surroundings. So let's say you you want to be, you know, you want to lose 50 pounds or whatever, but you're surrounded by people who, who might not be trying to live the healthiest lifestyle. You still have to envision yourself in this new body that you want to become. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it's cool that you were able to, um, in spite of, because sometimes we get fall into this trap of, you know, my grandmother did this, my mother did this, you know, this is all I know, but you had the wherewithal to say there's something better out there for me. And even though I'm living this in my family life day after day, I'm just going to keep on focusing on this is what I want. This is what I want, regardless of what I've been shown, you know, historically in my family. So, I mean, I mean, that's amazing. Kudos to you and awesome. Um, I think people want to assume, you know, they're going to listen to your story, Melissa, and they're going to say, oh, wow, you know, she went from six days in jail to getting out and listening to these YouTube videos. And then the next thing we know, she was in this 4,000 square foot house. Um, was the, the road, the transition just smooth or were there bumps and bruises along the way or did it just take off with no kind of roadblocks in the way? Yo, so this was a three-year period of time and most people would never make the sacrifices I made, ever. <laughs> I sold every single thing that I had. I was down to like one pair of jeans, one bra, one shirt. Uh-huh. I sold everything so I could make it work. Oh. And on top of that, like, because my parents are not rich and they never will be. They're doing, you know, my mom's been with the same company for 40 years. She's doing roughly 38000 And that's, you know, barely enough to keep a roof over the head mm-hmm. or food on the table. And so for me, it, it was never easy, um, but simplicity always wins. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you keep it simple. You keep moving forward. Keep making progress. And at the end of the day, you're going to find yourself three years, five years, ten years down the road, accelerating faster than anybody who's not taking any action at all. Okay. So there's a lot of cliches like you have to lose it all to rebuild up to this awesome thing. So you are really truly an example of that. Like I said, you were down to the bare, bare minimum and necessities. Um, before you were able to put yourself in a place to start rebuilding. And a lot of times when you do that, and I don't think people realize that, when you let a lot go, what you end up rebuilding later is so much more phenomenal than what you had um, before. I mean, and, that, and that's just a beauty in that cycle of just stripping yourself down to just the, the essentials. Um, and, you know, like I said, I just, you know, just listening to your story, I just really think it's it's really commendable because, you know, like you were saying with your mother – She's only going to make like 38. That That's who she is. But you just knew instinctively in spite of that, there is something bigger and better out there for Melissa. And I mean, that, that is just that is just awesome because I, I cannot tell you how many times, how many I, people I see and interact with that they end up just repeating the cycles that their family have done, not knowing that this life, this world contains so much more beauty and opportunities um, for happiness than what you've grown up seeing. So, Melissa, we're going to take a, our first commercial, commercial break of the day. Stay, t- stay with me, and we'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, 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 and welcome back. Welcome back. 
back. Today I am with uh, Melissa Kravacek. She's the author of uh, many books, one of which is Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness. And before the break, we were talking about her recovery from one of the low points in her life. And uh, one of the things that you talk about to people, Melissa, one of your subject matters is this concept of uh, failure, the big F word, and how you actually think that it's of some benefit to us. Uh, can you share with us why, why is failure actually a benefit to us? Well, if you don't fail, you'll never succeed. If you look at all of the greats um, from Tony Robbins to um, oh, who's the guy that says you're fired? Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> you're fired. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, you know that those guys are failing every single day in some way. So here's the here's the thing. Here's the key to success. If you're not failing, you're never going to win. So you should fail at something mm-hmm. every single day. And it's funny because Darren Hardy of Success Magazine says if he's not failing at something um, every single day, whether his audience or his team knows it or not, then he knows he's not living up to his true potential. Mm-hmm. Wow. But, you know, let, let's admit, though, it's such a sucky feeling to lose, <laughs> though. I mean, it is such a terrible, oh, my God, I tried, I didn't succeed, and I don't like that feeling. It's uncomfortable. But how do you, I mean, people need to understand to embrace that. You know, and it's an opportunity to say, okay, this and this was done wrong. This is how I'm going to correct this for the next go around. This is my opportunity to kind of take myself to the next level. Um, but like I said, a lot of times people just, they will, because it's such an uncomfortable feeling, they will not take chances down the line because they don't want to go back to that place, that feeling of uncomfortableness. Yeah, well, comfort is the enemy of achievement, and comfort is a casket. So if you stay there, uh, you're basically dead. And True. 99% of people are living um, comfortably in their <laughs> mind, mm-hmm. uh, and as a result, they don't have what they want in life. You know, they walk around desiring the, the fancy houses, the nice cars, the vacations, they keep up with the Joneses type of thing, and at the end of the day, they're miserable, they're unfulfilled, and they're living paycheck to paycheck. And the only reason that has happened is because they've become accustomed to this comfortable story that they've told themselves over and over, so much so that they've believed it, and as a result, their life has shown that they have truly achieved what they desired. Gotcha. So what do you suggest, you know, and, and don't give away the whole thing, but what should you suggest that somebody do to kind of get themselves out of this, this rut of being comfortable? Small, small steps. Uh, yeah. Take small steps every single day. So if you're um, – the thing with comfortable is that you're comfortable to the degree that you can um, basically live life day to day. Mm-hmm. And not be, you know, drowning. So let's say you have a weight issue. Well, then you need to be drinking like one or two bottles of water a day. And if you don't have a weight issue, but you want to become more successful in your body, then drink one or two more bottles of water a day or read a book for 15 minutes a day, work out 12 minutes a day. Just do something small that's sustainable over the long term and forget about this short-term thinking, this short-term satisfaction or gratification because that is not what is going to get you results. So I would say forget about going to get a second job or you know the fact that you aren't where you want to be right now and focus on what you can do about it. What small things can you implement today right now? to change the physiology of your body, to change the input that's going into your mindset so that you can change the outcome as a result. Okay. Okay. Good tips. Good pointers. Now, this is a point where I want to kind of introduce because we've been talking about this, but I haven't really told everybody exactly what it is that you do. You call yourself a high-performance coach. So please explain to everybody exactly what that is and, and what type of people that you um, you help out. Yeah, high performance is exactly that, high performance. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> it's pretty simple. If you want more in life, you should probably contact me. But <laughs> at the end of the day, um, I help 
typically six-figure entrepreneurs who want to break a million dollars or million-dollar earners, multimillionaires who want to take their life and business to the next level. And it's very funny because I often see that these individuals are choosing one thing or the other. So, for example, they'll choose their relationship or they'll choose their career, but very rarely will they choose both or believe that they can have it all, all at the same time. So my philosophy is that you really, truly can have everything you want all at the same time, love, success, and happiness. Mm -hmm. um, and all that comes down to is your daily decision. So what are you going to do differently today that is going to accelerate you into high performance so that you are not only productive, but you're adding more value to society, to the marketplace, and to your career. And as a result, people want to be around you. They're inspired by you. They are drawn to you in crowds and you get paid more um, because you have that much more value, that much more self-esteem and self-confidence. All right. Okay, cool. All right. So now we all know what that is and, and who she helps. But I'm assuming, though, you would also help um, the Melissa's who were six days out of jail become who Melissa is now, though. You would also, somebody could reach out to you and get your assistance on that level, too, as well, right? Um, yes, but I would actually prefer them to come to a live event versus reaching out to me and um, trying to jump into one of my coaching programs. The difference okay. between a live event is, you know, I'm going to inspire you and give you actionable items. Mm -hmm. However, when we work together one-on-one, -on -one, if you don't have any sort of success or clients or testimonials or case studies or anything, it's very hard to build a base off of that. And most people who go into business are out of business in the first five years just simply because they don't have the wherewithal and the initiative to take the action necessary to get the results that they really want. I see. Okay. Okay. Understood. Now, you mentioned earlier uh, previously that um, a lot of times with your career, your entrepreneurs, um, they seem to feel – that there is, it's an either or kind of situation. I need to focus on my career. I can't really worry about, you know, uh, being in a relationship now or, you know, I have to sacrifice something along the way. But one of the messages that I think I'm hearing you say is that you actually can have all of it and balance all of it. And I'm assuming that this is kind of the concept of the book, Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success and Happiness. Um, but why do you think it is like the person who feels that they, they should be successful and focus on being successful, uh, possibly financially. Um, why do you think people feel that it's either or, that they don't have a concept that they can do it all? Because they have a different definition of success than I do. Okay. Okay. So how do you tell people that they can balance it all? Oh, it's not a balance because there's no balance in life. When you <laughs> want something, you make time for it. So, what you value, you make time for, and what you make time for is what you value. And when people don't value relationships, um, then they're simply not going to make time for them. When they don't value sales, they're simply not going to make um, sales calls. And I think this is super, super important because people don't understand what they value. And it's literally right in front of their face. So I would ask you uh, – Lena, what is surrounding you right now? Like, I mean, I know you're in the studio, but what is what's around you? Uh, yellow walls, uh, notes, and paperwork, and more paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> My cell phone. <laughs> work. Work is around me. That is what's around me is work. All right. So would you say that you highly value uh office or administrative tasks based on the amount of paperwork that's in front of you? Most likely so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so I tell people, be careful what's on your walls in your home or anywhere that you are because that is truly what you value. Okay, okay. I see what you're saying. <laughs> I've, I've never been one to not admit that I'm such a workaholic, you know, so you call me on that one and I'm going to admit <laughs> You got my number there. Um, uh, before we go to uh, break real quick, I want to kind of let people know this book here, Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success and Happiness. It's actually for you a very personal story, right? I mean, there is a, a guy behind this book, right? Yes. 
Okay. And um, you actually fell in love in six weeks. Is that what I'm hearing? I think that's what you read. <laughs> okay. okay. So. Yes, I did. I did. And and how does a man manage to bowl over a woman who's six, you know, determined to get her life together and, you know, didn't make her say, whoo, we, I'm so in love. Yeah, you know what? It's funny because I think we all want to be cared for. I think we all want to be respected. And I don't think your title, your accolades, or the amount of money that you make uh, matter when it comes to relationships. I think that if you can connect with someone on a uh you know, just connect with them mentally, physically, and emotionally. That's going to be where um, the interest sparks, and that's going to be where you learn to develop each other into better people than you already are. Okay, cool, cool. And would you have written this book, because I think I read some sort of blurb, would you have written this book without his being a part of your life? Would, would it have been able to come out of you or no? Uh-uh, no, I don't believe so, because the emotion that's tacked into that book and uh, my other two came from, like, a very emotional time, and okay. I don't even get that emotional, really. Um, <laughs> but I think it's what makes people connect. It's what differentiates me from all the other authors that I've ever read. Um, okay. Because they're speaking from a professional standpoint and wanting to make sure that everything is perfect. And in life... That's never the case. Not everything is perfect. You're never going to be in the perfect circumstance situation or it's not going to be the perfect day, but you can take some action to transform your life and fall in love and have everything you want. Awesome. Awesome. I think everybody needs to understand it's it's never going to be perfect. And we set ourselves up to fail so many times when we're out here looking to make everything perfect picture perfect you know so you relieve a lot of stress you allow a lot more happiness to come into your life when you kind of you know relax a little bit and let some of it you know whatever happens this way we're going to make the best of it and such and such so good tips there we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back right after this Let's return to Don't Box Me In with your host, Lana Reed. Welcome back. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Today I'm spending a little bit of time with the author of the uh, books, Bold, Helping You Unleash the Hero Within, um, Be a Baller, The Blueprint to Have It All, and also Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness, Miss Melissa Kravacek. And uh, we've been talking about uh, having an optimal and amazing life here. I want to spend a little bit more time talking about this book you've got, uh, Be Ballsy, How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness. And uh, I was reading through uh, some of the chapter titles, and one of them uh, caught my eye, and that's Spend Quality Time Together Without Technology. And I think, um, you know, I've always kind of had this kind of, you know, irritation with, you know, I go out places and you'll see like a couple at dinner, and both of them have their hands down, their heads down in their smartphones. And I'm like, you know, that's so toxic. I mean, you guys are not spending time with each other. Oh, what, what is your take on it? Why do you feel like some of the technology that we have out there is detrimental to relationships? I actually think technology is killing relationships, and here's why. Because when you do go out to dinner or literally after sex, people are picking up their phones. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Okay, you do not need to look at your phone at that time. That I need time to post my meant- status on Facebook. I need to post my status on Facebook. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, actually, so the, here's the the key to productivity, though, is to get rid of those habits. And I do not have any social media on my phone. I do not have my email going to my phone. And on my Facebook channel, I literally have it blocked out. The entire news feed is blocked out, and it says, do not be distracted by Facebook. So I cannot see anybody's news feed. Wow. But they can see mine. So the relationships that we build – should be intimate. It should be about the two of us wanting to go to a certain place or attain a certain goal. But when you bring other people into the relationship and you, when you find yourself in an argument, it's often based on the fact that there was a lack of communication. Mm-hmm. And that lack of communication has come from us letting the entire world know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a really bad situation to be in as a couple. So 
you want to make sure that you have the space, the time, and you put the effort and energy into the relationship so that it blooms to where you both feel amazing. You're both, you know, fulfilled and you both have extreme gratitude towards one another. Okay. So I think it's cool. You don't have your social media on your phone and you say you have your news feed blocked on Facebook, but I'm curious, do you and your significant other text each other? Yeah, we do, but we're actually not together anymore. Oh, okay. A good thing? I mean, you're happy you're okay with it or? Yeah, I'm totally okay. fine with it. Um, what happened was he ended up having to work abroad another eight months and he just didn't want me to feel the pressure. Okay. And I was like, why don't you just ask me to go move abroad for you, you know, with you for eight months? But that's not what happened. And so he goes, how do you feel? I said, it is what it is. You know, you chose your career and I'm choosing, you know, a relationship. I would never do that. So our values were very different in that aspect. And it took literally a year to figure out. But <laughs> at the end of the day, you know, that's something I'm extremely happy about figuring out now versus 10 years down the road. Yeah. After so much time is vested. True that. True. So um, I want to move on to this other book that you have. You have three, but I, I think I'm going to be able to get through two of them today. And the next one is uh, Bold, Helping You Unleash the Hero Within. And I really like the message that that one gives. This book is a, a collaboration book, right? Yes. Okay. So could you tell us, just name some of the few of the people that we will find in this book. You'll find Les Brown, the world's number one motivational speaker, Tracy Haynes, um, Barbara Pender, Sarah Spiker, uh, Molly Welch, just a variety. Thirteen different people have come together to share their stories of going from sort of really the same situation I was in, you know, the bottom of the barrel to being incredibly successful, some making upwards of half a million dollars a month. Okay, okay. Now, let me ask you, because in the conversation, the course of the day, um, we've had a lot of conversation about success and being successful, and a lot of it is linked to this concept of finances. Do you feel, personally, do you feel that for everybody across the board, that success correlates to some sort of monetary compensation? Absolutely not. Okay, okay. Um, so just other areas that you coach people on. Um, so I just want to make sure the audience has there's other opportunities for them to have success in their life. And what kind of areas? There's five areas of life, health, finances, career, your relationships, be it personal or professional and your self-esteem and self-confidence. Okay. Okay. So we've got some options here, you know, um, you know, like you, you back to your mom. I mean, she might be. Uh, her finances might be the $38,000 a year, but she might have some other successful, you know, maybe she's successful at being a mom or maybe she's successful with her health. Or, you, know, you just want to kind of leave people with, you know, this might not be for you, but maybe this is for you kind of thing. You know, everybody has their, their area of success. Um, but I think sometimes people, you know, they, they start off with these wishes and these dreams and, you know, I want to be like, you know, that person. I want to be skinny like her. I want to have an income like him. I want to have a car like this. And then they start off on the path and like it doesn't happen like in the first 30 days and then they just scrap the whole thing. Um, how do you, how do you suggest that somebody stays focused in sight of, you know, some kick, you know, some pushback. You take two steps forward, one step back, two steps forward, you know, and you can kind of get discouraged. Um, do you have any, you know, quick tips, you know, that you can give somebody to say, okay, this is how we maintain focus. With you, you mentioned you just consumed yourself with watching motivational videos in the beginning just to keep your mind on task. Um, are there other types of things that people can do to kind of stay focused? Yeah, the, the biggest thing you should do to stay focused is to get rid of any negativity in your life and look at how organized you are. The people who are the most successful in life are incredibly organized, and the people who are, well, not so successful in life aren't so organized. <laughs> and I'm talking about organization in your refrigerator. I'm talking about in your closets. I'm talking about in your cars. Mm -hmm. Look at how clean those or dirty those places are, and you'll figure out whether you're going to be successful in that area or not. Um, okay. People who watch a lot of television, consume a lot of newspapers, and listen to hours and hours of news 
find themselves in situations where they're generally not fulfilled, overwhelmed, and cannot sleep at night simply based on the information going into their um, system. Now, on the other hand, people who read books, who take time to work out, who eat pretty healthy, and who are highly invested in themselves find that they accomplish a lot more. So what I would say is the quickest way for you to make an impact in your world is to clear everything you can possibly clear so that your mind isn't cluttered. And I'm talking about, you know, I've already talked about the refrigerator, the car, and the closet, but then take that to your email, your social media accounts, your telephone, your text messaging, anything and everything that can be organized should be organized simply because you're going to have less chaos and less stress in your life and you're going to be more fulfilled and more active um, in taking your life and business in whatever aspect to the next level. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to, because you've said this twice now, I'm just going to be nosy and forgive me for being nosy because I already know on your cell phone you don't have Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. So exactly what is on your cell phone? Uh, a dialing pad to dial numbers. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So you text and call. That's it. We don't. No, check. no, no. Don't have- there's there's the calendar. There's Uber. <laughs> okay. Okay. There's Square to take payment. Okay. 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 <laughs> All right. I'm like, okay, she just has the bare minimum. I would, you know, and I have become, you know, I'm going to admit, you know, in some ways I have become so involved with the internet and technology and my cell phone is just like such a vital part of me. And I'm like, you know, clicking this button and clicking this button and clicking, but so I am like one of the victims of what are the, you know, what you, you talk about, like, okay, you know, Alana, you need to kind of let this go and let this go and let this go. But, you know, no, so I actually was the same way and it was, <laughs> just this year that I decided to make this transition. Um, Two of my clients posted this thing on how many apps you should get rid of and can you do it for longer than seven days? And I thought to myself, oh God, I have Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and Skype and like every single possible app you can have on your phone on my phone. And then when I took them off for the first three days, just like any addiction, because I was seriously addicted to my phone, Uh Um, I found myself gravitating towards the phone with, you know, moments of boredom. But at uh-huh. the end of the day, uh, now three, four weeks later, I think it's the probably the best thing I could have done because I not only get my time back, mm-hmm. but I find myself more productive. I'm not sure. just filling time with uh, doing a task on my phone because my phone is readily available. You know, we look at our phones an average of 1,800 times a day. Oh my God, 1800 times a day. That's a lot of time. That is a lot of time. Wow. Wow. You know, and like I said, you know, you, it, it allows you to be more productive. You know, I, you know, I have noticed that we are so consumed with, you know, this technology that we have. If it's not our cell phones, it's our tablets or, you know, our laptops, you know, we're kind of basing a lot of where we go on if they have Wi-Fi, you know, in the building and, you know, and that is so debilitating that your life is so determined by this, this, this device, this, this device. So it's, it can be kind of scary. You know, you do have to learn, um, you know, you do have to learn how to remove yourself on purpose from that and, you know, spend some time. Family dinners used to be mom and dad and the kids, actually. What happened with the day? Now you see, you know, teenagers head down on the cell phone texting, you know, and mom and dad, maybe they're having a conversation, but you're, nobody's engaged and enjoying the company of other human act, interaction, you know, now because of this technology that we have, that it has its benefits, but it does have its social drawbacks as well. Oh, for sure. I actually uh, had time to go for five days to Orlando on a spontaneous trip earlier this month. And on the way there, I actually talked with a seaman who, seaman meaning a guy who spent seven or 37 years on the ocean, um, bringing like, you know, Hondas, Toyotas and other mm-hmm. uh, non-American cars to New Orleans. And he would transport wheat back to um, Japan where he was picking up these cars. And his whole goal in life was to pay for his kids to go to college. And as a result, you know, he had four kids. Every single one of them graduated summa cum laude. Mm. And he is incredibly fulfilled. And I had, you know, a conversation for the four-hour flight over to Orlando from Iowa 
with him and I look across the aisle and there's three guys and every single one of them is on some electronic device. And I think to myself, you don't even know what stories, what opportunities and what um, you could build with the relationships that you have sitting next to you. And most people are shy and I get it. I'm outgoing and outspoken, but the opportunities that you're presented in situations where there are people around um, could be greater than you've ever known. But if you don't open the opportunity to get off the technology, like, you know, I'll stand at Panera Bread or Starbucks or anywhere. And I notice that 99% of people are literally on their phone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you just need to get away from that. Thank and you. Inter- inter- up. Interact with people. We are here on this, this world to enjoy each other's company. So let's put the phones down and do that. Um, Melissa, we're going to take our last commercial break of the day. And when we come back, I want to talk about all the uh, wonderful options you have to uh, help people out. So stay tuned. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. Here's your host, Lana Reed. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Don't Box Me In. I'm having a wonderful time spending uh, the day with author and high-performance coach, Miss Melissa Kravacek. And uh, I want to talk about this bold book tour. What What is that? So Bold Book Tour is basically an international tour with Les Brown, Barbara Pender, Tracy Haynes, and Jim Scholes, with our kickoff being in Houston, Texas, April 3rd, um, on the 49th floor of the Houston Club. And we are incredibly excited to help people break through their limiting beliefs, get out of their head, forget about the story they're telling themselves, and take action on their dreams and walk away with uh, a transformation and a new lifestyle. So, Cool, cool. I, I, I even hear the energy in your voice. Is it a one-day event? It is a book tour, so it is a one-day event. Okay. So how do people find out about it or maybe uh, register or get involved? How do they do that? Boldbooktour.com. Tickets are on sale 25% off for early bird registration until February 15th, and then the price goes up to the original ticket price. Okay. So you mentioned quite a few names. I'm assuming that this is going to be um, like an all-day thing? Yep. So 8 a.m. registration, 9 to noon is the first session. Noon to 1, we're serving lunch. Um, and then 1 to 3 is the second session. Uh, and then we'll end with the VIPs from 3 to 4.30 with a special session just for them. Okay, cool. So if people miss the Houston thing, uh, is there any plans in the future for it to go to other cities or just is it just Houston right now? Nope, it's New York City, L.A., Orlando, uh, Malaysia, uh, Australia, and London. Oh, okay, okay, but... So is Houston the only one with a date now or are there other Houston dates? Houston is the only one with a date for now. We've got, you know, some awesome stuff happening in the background that we don't want to disclose yet, but I can Understood. say that we'll be everywhere. Cool, cool. I like that. Understand. I mean, and that's an awesome lineup there. I mean, uh, an all-day walk-away motivated uh and enthused. Now, I've, I've myself participated in many uh, events like this and, and um, as a – person in the audience and as a person on stage and one of the things that I have found that I still tr- struggle to combat um, after these types of events is uh, attendees tend to have this pattern they mm-hmm. go away from the event and they're all hooray hurrah and mm-hmm. yes and life is going to be amazing and wonderful and then they'll um They'll, they'll call me a month later, they'll email me a month later, and they'll say, Lana, you know what? Somewhere along the way, I just lost my mojo. How do you, um, how do you get people to kind of just stay hyped for the long haul? Because success is not, a, it's not an immediate gratification. It is a, a long haul battle. But a lot of times we as motivators, we have a tendency to, you know, our, our people that we're motivating, they kind of lose their oomph uh, a few days afterwards. Yeah, two things. Number one, motivation comes from internally and inspiration comes from externally. So you're not coming to the event with hype and you're not going to leave with hype. 
I am there to inspire you and to inspire you only. You must be motivated by your own goals before, during, and after you leave the event. If at any point you're not motivated, then you need to find something that triggers that motivation internally that's going to drive you to take the action to hit the goals that you want. So that's not going to be on me. That's going to be on you. And I find that it is true in so many events that people mix up the difference between motivation and inspiration. And as a result, you're right. They do leave all jacked up and ready to (laughs) conquer the world. And then they're like completely miserable. (laughs) Uh, So I would say in order to stay on track, track your actions. That's the only way that you're going to get the results. And second and most importantly, get an accountability partner because look, If you could be accountable to yourself, you would already have everything you want in life and the the response is that you simply don't have it. So if you don't have the accountability, the support, the tools, knowledge, and resources aren't going to matter because you're not going to have the peer group that you need to be surrounded with in order to achieve any goal that you set out for yourself. Okay. Good tips. Now you mentioned account about accountability partner, and um, I think earlier in the, the discussion today, you mentioned that you were reaching out to some people that you thought were uh, pretty phenomenal, and that you wanted to be like. I'm wondering how important do you think it is for somebody to get a, a mentor in their life when they're trying to to get to a certain place? I would say forget about getting a mentor. Get a coach. Okay, and the coach. reason is because the difference between mentor and coach is. You're going to work harder because you're paying the person. Anytime okay. you have anything on the line, you're going to work harder. It's it's not even questioned. Uh, a mentor is going to be there to guide you, but a coach is going to be there to support you and provide that accountability, and that's priceless, and you can almost be guaranteed that you will get a return on your investment. Uh, I wouldn't say that's necessarily true with a mentor just based on my own experience. Okay. Okay. I mean, but it does make sense though. You know, when you're paying for something, you know, I got some money on the table here. Like, look, I'm not just going to blow this to the wind here. Now I need to get something out of this. So, you know, it does, it does make more sense that, um, you know, you, when you invest in it some sort of way, I'm, I'm, I've got something to lose here. Really, you know, um, I'm going to put some more effort into it. So that, that makes sense. The argument that you're making. Um, I, I want to also talk about real quick, um, cause you have some wonderful tools out there that people can tap into to kind of get to that next level. And one of them is, um, a program, be a baller on demand. And the, and what, what is that about? And you have two versions of that program, right? Yes, Be a Baller on Demand and Be a Baller on Demand Titanium. Okay. So Be a Baller on Demand is basically a group of peers who are entrepreneurs in various industries in eight different countries currently that are helping each other as well as getting the coaching and support um, that they need. So, so many coaches provide uh, value per hour. So they charge per hour. I don't do that. Mm-hmm. Be a baller on demand is essentially two thousand dollars or six payments of three ninety seven. You get lifetime access, which is it's basically priceless, and you get the support, accountability, and peer group that you need to succeed. While at the same time, you know you might need me one on one, so I'm going to give you some one on one attention. And when you figure out what your goals are, who your ideal client and avatar is. Uh, where you want to go in life and how to build the credibility um, and fill the sales pipeline, then you're going to be that much more successful. And, you know, personally, I don't hire uh, a PR firm to take care of my PR, but I can tell you that I do 50 radio interviews um, a month, radio, television, and newspaper interviews a month. I can tell you that I don't spend thousands of dollars on Facebook ads, but uh, I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars without them. Um, So these type of things, you know, while I'm highly invested in, it's the skill level and the execution of them every single day that I teach my clients. I'm not telling you to do anything I wouldn't do myself. You know, just yesterday I made seven different posts about, you know, sales conversations and closing and getting on air and meeting with producers and how to get people's attention and, how to inspire people and all of that keeps everybody at the top of their game because 
they're not out there comparing themselves to other people and their results. They're focused on what they want to achieve and what it's going to take to get there. Cool. So it seems like you are an awesome and amazing um, asset to the the entrepreneur, the small business person that's really, really trying to take themselves to the next level. And uh, I kind of like that. This program, the Be a Baller on Demand, is it um, like a six-month program, a six-week program, or is there a time limit on it or no? It's a lifetime program. Oh, okay. Okay, awesome. So, I mean, there's no – you can't even attach an, a dollar amount to a lifetime program to have access to. So, um, wow, that is awesome. This okay, so we're at the end here. I'm kind of like looking at time. I was about to ask another question. And I was like, wait a minute! <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute! No, I can't do that. <laughs> I'm at the end of the hour. I'm, oh my gosh! All right, um, these uh, books that we have here. I want to make sure everybody knows uh, where they can get uh, "Be Ballsy: How Not to Suck at Love, Success, and Happiness." Be a baller. The blueprint to have it all and bold, helping you unleash the hero within. How do people pick up a copy of those? Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble, or it's super simple to just go to my website, BriellaArian.com, and I'll spell that out, and I'm sure it's in the show notes. B-R-I-E-L-L-A-A-R-I-O-N.com, and you can see the programs there, um, my previous and past uh, magazine and radio and television appearances, as well as get the books in PDF, MP3, or paperback and Kindle versions. Awesome, 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 awesome. Well, like I said, you know, my hour is up. I've had the uh, pleasure to spend some time and space with the little young lady here who's uh, on the move, Miss Melissa Kravacek. And once again, give them your website real quick again before we go. BriellaArian.com. All righty. Thank you, love, for hanging out with me today. Continued success, and I want you to keep on empowering people. Thank you so much for having me, Lana. No problem. That is all for this week's show. I'll be back next week at the same time. Until then, remember when it comes to your dreams, the words can't and won't should never slow you down. There is always space to change and to grow. Don't be boxed in. Live your very best life. I am your host, Lana Reed, and I will see you all next week. 